All right, Shabbos say good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Sure to thank our Talmud Torah sponsor for the month of Adar Bey's Leah Sol for dedicating all of the Shi'ur Madrashos this month in honor of all those who organize the beautiful, meaningful, and uplifting, groundbreaking, and those who devote themselves to the shul day in and day out. I thank our Week of Learning sponsors, an anonymous sponsor for the Rafur Shleim of Aaron Yosef, Ben Chana Miriam, and the Zchus of Azivlog for Rivka Rachel Bas Batsheva Rina. We also thank our Week of Learning sponsors, Naftali and Bela Langer, as the Zchus for Rafur Shleim for Rachel Esther Bas Sara Fega. We thank our Day of Learning sponsor, Mrs. Selma Wolf, for Rafua Shlema for Tinok Ben Keshet Maya, as well as Rafua for Keshet Maya Bas Naomi Gabriella. We thank our Dafyomi sponsor for today, the Plunka family, in commemoration of the Yartzeit of Rav Moshe Feinstein, Zikar Tzadik Levracha, Harav Moshe Ben David. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, families in Nechama, and those who require a Rafua should have one together with Kol Chole Yisrael. So we'll say with that, let us begin. We have a very exciting daf. Bless you, a very exciting daf ahead of us today. Today's daf is Ches. Ches, we are picking eight. We are picking up on Zayin Amid Beis, literally the last three words. So we'll say, sir, let's, let's just remind ourselves in a general sense about what we're talking about, and then in a specific sense, what we're specifically focusing on over here. In a general sense, we're still hyper-focused on the need for the drasha of Aleha Aleha. Namely, again, the Gemara made the Gzir Shava from the case of Achos Ishto, one's wife's sister, to Yibum, to teach us that just as, that, that Allah Halamaisa, one cannot do Yibum with one's wife's sister. So remember, two brothers, two married, two sisters, Reuven and Shimon. Reuven passes away. Shimon now has to do Yibum with his sister-in-law, who also happens to be his wife's sister. Because she is an Erva, we learn out from Aleha Aleha, or because of Aleha Aleha, we learn from there that the Halachalam, I say Yibum does not occur. Yibum does not occur. I will say again, that was, I, was, I, would, I would venture to say that in the last week of Yivamas, that is the most important, of in, most important piece of information we have learned. Because it is that piece of information that is the foundation for everything else, all of the drushas, all of the Mishnah. Now I will say, the fact that we need a drasha to go ahead and exclude Achos Ishto, one's wife's sister from Yibum, tells us that what? Without that drasha, what would we have thought? What would we have thought? That you would do Yibum, which is fascinating because that's an Isra Karis. That's an Isra Karis. So now what we've been on the journey with the last three days now so far is to try to figure out why would I have assumed that? Why would I have assumed that I say Dochelo Sase even in a case of Karis? So that, that's, that's where we're trying to pull out examples. So what we ended up with in yesterday's daf was the fascinating way we switched gears a little bit. And the Havamina, we wanted to suggest, comes from the following concept. And in Halacha, we have an idea of Hoyo Ishtaria Ishtaria. Once something becomes permitted, it becomes wholly permitted. So we'll say, so just the application of that to our cases over here would have been, well, once I say that Yibam is permitted with my, brother, with, my, with my brother's wife, which in and of itself is an erva, it should permit any other, any other levels of prohibition that may have devolved upon this woman. Once it's permitted, it's everything is permitted. So the Gemara said, where do we get that concept from? Remember where do we get that concept from? That was the interesting case, really riveting case, of the Mitzora, right, the Mitzora, who on day eight, which is the day that he's supposed to come and offer up his karbanos and have the blood applications on his thumbs and on his toes, 
right, has a seminal emission. So remember again, the Gemara said, we allow him to come to Sharnikanar, even though he's a Tzvul Yom. Even though he's a Tzvul Yom. Why? Hoel the Ishtarya, Ishtarya, since it's permitted for him to come to begin with, even though Rabbi say, even though again is Mechusra Kippurim, he's lacking fundamental atonement because he hasn't yet brought his Karbanos. Once we're going to allow him to come in for the blood applications, so we'll allow him to come in, even if he's a Tvul Yom, as a Balkari. Right? So, so the, the, the inference from that is, so too we should say, that once you're permitted to do Yibom, which is already a forbidden relationship, i.e. to marry your brother's wife or your brother's widow, so even if this woman is also because of other things, for example, she's also my wife's sister, it should still be permitted as well. Good, that's the, that's the Chazara. Says the Gemara, Midami, Midamadula, how can you compare the cases? After all, again, top of Chasamadaf, I've also listened to this. So how can you compare the case of Yibom to the case of the Mitzora. I'll tell you why. Tenoch, this is actually really interesting. Tap of Ches. Tenoch, heichod nosa meisva achakach nosa chai. So, you know, I hear this in the following case. I will say two brothers, Reuven and Shimon. Reuven and Shimon. So let's say for a moment like this. And now, again, we're assuming now they're married to two sisters. So I, and let's say Reuven is the brother that passes away. So I understand if Reuven got married first... Right? And then Shimon got married. Both say mace, right? It's, it's not that the dead guy is getting married. It's that ultimately, again, the one who is now deceased, the one who passed, the brother who passed away, is the one who got married first. So if the now deceased brother was the one who got married first, and afterwards the living brother, the surviving brother, got married, I understand how maybe you could say, how will the Ishtaria Ishtaria? Why? Because we'll say, what's unique about that case? In other words, why set it up like that, where the deceased brother got married before the living brother? Because we'll say, what does that do? What does that do? That solidifies that the nature of my, the nature of Reuven's relationship with Shimon's wife first begins as his brother's wife. Only later, later on is there an additional layer after Reuven gets married to his wife. There's now an additional layer that's what? That's what? That Shimon's wife is also his wife's sister. So the Gemara says, I could hear the concept of the Ishtaria, Ishtaria in that kind of case. Since the Isra of Eishas Ach came first, and then again the Isra of Achos Ishto comes later. Then when Reuven, when Reuven passes away, I could hear that since we're going to permit Shimon to marry his brother's widow, which is uh, which is which is Eishes Ach. Also, the Isser of Achos Ishto falls away as well. Ella Nosachai the Achakach Nosames Isser Achos Isha Kadim. So I'll say, but here's the problem: if it's a case where let's say Shimon marries his wife first before Reuven gets married, which means that ultimately again. Which means I will say that when Reuven gets married, right? When I'm sorry, when Shimon gets married first, so I will say what that means is Shimon, Shimon is already usher to his sister-in-law, to his wife's sister, right? That's before anything else happens. He's already usher now to marry his wife's sister. When Reuven now marries, when Reuven now marries his wife, who also happens to be Shimon's wife's sister, so now there's an additional Isra of Eshes Ach. So we'll see, hear what the Gemara is saying. You want to, let, let me just say this outside for just a moment, because it's actually not confusing. Just remembering the case is confusing. What the Gemara is suggesting is like this. We, we wanted, the Gemara wanted to suggest 
that Yibum with all Arias, I mean, not all Arias, but Yibum with, with additional Arias should be permitted. Based on what principle? Hol the Ishtari Ishtaya. But remember again, keep saying this, I think every single year. What's the greatest Chiddush of Yibum in general? What's the greatest Chiddush? Right? That that which is an erva becomes mutter. Right? Again, that's, that's out, of, out of the Yibum gate. Right? That's already how we're operating. A brother's wife is an erva. So the notion that not only am I permitted, but there's a mitzvah to marry this woman who is an erva is an incredible chiddish. What the Gemara is just simply suggesting is why don't we just say, one er- right, once one erva is permitted, then what? Then what? All the ervas should be permitted. That's so, which rather I would say is actually a pretty solid argument. A pretty solid argument. The Gemara is saying, and specifically what we're focusing on is, if it's permitted to marry your brother's widow, it should also be permitted to marry your brother's widow when? When? Even if she is your wife's sister. To which the Gemara says, well, one second. I could buy into that, but I could only buy into that where the Isser Eishas Ach was the first Isser. And then the Isser of Achos Ishto came on later on, right? It was added later on. When does that happen? First thing I will say, that happens in a case where the surviving brother is ultimately, again, the, I should say, the deceased brother married first, married first, and the surviving brother married second. And remember, the two brothers married two sisters. When that happens, when that happens, the surviving brother first has the Isser Eshazach, and only afterwards is the Isser Achos Ishto added on. So then I could hear that ultimately, once we're going to permit the brother's widow, we could permit Achos Ishto as well. But if the prohibition of Achos Ishto came first, for example, the surviving brother married first, at which case, again, his brother's future wife is already prohibited to him as his wife's sister. How can you say, So we'll say that's what the Gemara is saying. And even in a case where the deceased brother married first, married first, so we wanted to suggest that in a case like that, in a case like that, Okay, in a case like that, halacha lamaisa. In a case like that, halacha lamaisa. The isra ishazach preceded the isra of achos ishto. Teinach hechad dinasa meis umeis the achakach nasachai. Really, the case only works is if I will say, listen to this: is if Ruvain Ruvain marries his wife first, right, and dies before Shimon marries his wife. So I was say, what's the? I, don't know, I was going to say, what's the beauty in that? There's no beauty in that, but but you understand meaning. But the 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 idea is, in that case, what's happened over here? In that case, the iser eshes ach was permitted even before there was a prohibition of achos ishto, because Shimon, the surviving brother, hasn't even married yet. So there was a there was a there was a period of time where all the only iser that Shimon was facing regarding his sister-in-law. Was was Eishas Ach? The Gemara says the Chazilei de Beni Beni, because after all, again, she was technically permitted to him in Yibum, in between, in between the time of his brother's death and he married his new wife. Ella Nosames Velo Mes, but rather again, listen to this. But if the if the deceased brother got married and before he died, Achakach Nos. I'm sorry, yeah, before he died, Nosachai. His surviving, his other brother, his brother married his, his wife. So therefore, I will say what that means is both brothers are alive and married at the same time. Then what? Lo ichazi leklal. So I will say, the Gemara suggesting is, I don't understand. If Reuben and Shimon are married to two sisters 
and they are both married to their respective wives while, while both are alive. So the Ramai said that means before Reuven passes away, Shimon, right, when he relates to his sister-in-law, has two prohibitions. What are the two prohibitions? Eshesach and Achosishto. If those two prohibitions are in effect before the Yibam obligation occurs, why would we think that Yibam has the ability to set aside both of those prohibitions? Mila Modi Ula. Doesn't Ula agree? Shimra Keri. Rebo say, watch this, watch this. Because doesn't Ulog be in the following case? Rebo say, let's go back to our Mitzorah. What a great case, the Mitzorah case, right? You have to admit, that was a riveting case. So Rebo say, remember again, at most, when does the Mitzorah case work? When could we say, when could we say that? When he sees, when he has a seminal mission, when? 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 Day eight. Day eight. Now what's happened on day eight? Day eight, he's gone through his purification process already. Right? He's already gone through. What is he, what's the only thing he's missing on day eight? Right? It's Kabanas. Kabanas slash blood application. Right? It's, 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 the, it's the same thing. That's what I think he's doing. So, we'll say, so therefore we say, since he's permitted to come into the Azara, ultimately again, for his blood applications, we permit him to come in as a Tvul Yom, for his carry emission as well. I will say, but what do we agree? What happens if he has the seminal emission, not day eight, but the night before, night eight? Night eight, would we allow him to come into the base Hamikdash on day eight? And the answer, of course, is no. Why? Because at the time that he had his seminal emission, he's not fit to come into the Beis HaMikdash at that time, right? You can't, in other words, he does, he's not allowed to come into the Beis HaMikdash the night of the eighth day, because there's nothing to do on the night of the eighth day. There's no blood application until the day. Were he to have a seminal emission before he had the ability to enter into the actual Beis HaMikdash, even though it's night number eight, we wouldn't say, Hol So you might suggest the same thing over here. At most, this is fascinating, at most, the only time you could say, Hol Ishtaria by Yibum, right, by Yibum and by Erva would be when? When there was a window of time where the only prohibition upon the Yavam was Eshazach. If there was a period of time where all there was Eshazach, right, so the only issue with Yibum was a typical issue, which is his brother's wife, and then another layer was added on later on. Once, technically speaking, he was able to do Yibum, that's enough to say that any other additional layers of prohibition will fall to the side. But if there was never a moment where the only Isser was Eishas Ach, and this Yibam was always complicated by additional Isser factors, you can't say, ishtaria, ishtaria. or I will say, just to frame it a little bit simpler, because it really is a fascinating idea. The Gemara is entertaining this concept, which, which is, I think, a very logical concept, which is, once something becomes permitted, it's permitted. It's permitted, and it doesn't really matter how many additional layers of prohibition. What the Gemara just wants to qualify is, I think that concept should only work if there's a moment where only the initial prohibition is in effect. And then other things are added later on. But if from the beginning you have multi-layered prohibitions, who says that at the end of the day, all of those prohibitions could fall to the side? So therefore, Abosai, listen to this, Ella. So therefore, Abosai, we are literally back to square one. Literally back to square one. Ella, 
Okay, so we'll say, so therefore again, why do I need the Pasuk of Aleha? Remember, that's the Pasuk by Eishas Ach. Sorry, by Achos Ishto, by one's wife's sister. So, Hecha Dinosames, the Achakach Nosachai. So we'll see, right? When do I need that case? In the following situation, where the deceased brother marries first, and ultimately, again, the living brother married second. And therefore, I'll say, Halacha Lamaisa, in that case, the Isser Eishas Ach precedes the Isser Achos Ishto. The Ibaising, the other possibility is, Ultimately, again, it can be learned that from a hekish based on Rabbi Yona. What Rabbi Yona say? The Amar Rabbi Yona v'itema Ravuna braid Rabbi Yoshua Amar Kra. The pasuk says, "Kikal Asher Yehasem Mikolato Ivosayilu Benichrasu." So, so you've seen this pasuk before. Pasuk is talking about arayos. Now, both say the beauty of this pasuk is it groups all of bless you, groups all of the arayos into one pasuk, right? And the Torah says. Whoever performs any of these toevos, whoever any of these abominable acts, the nichrasu hanefashos haosos mikarev amam. Both say, what's the punishment for arayas? What's the punishment for arayas? Okay, so we'll say, so the beauty of that pasuk is catch all. Catch all. All arayas. Now watch this. So, hukshu kol harayas kulun leishesach. Now we'll say, now here's what's interesting. All of, all of the arayas are compared ultimately again to eishesach. Right, so everything is compared. Everything is compared to Eishesach. To the case, right? Because we'll because remember, everything is included in that same pasuk. So ma Eishesach Sharia af kol harayshayon. So I will say. So the Gemara suggesting is like this: all of the arayos are compared to the prohibition of a brother's wife. A brother's wife. So I will say, if that's the case, if that's the case, then halachalamai. So why don't we say as follows? Just like Eishesach. Is permitted in Yibum, so to what? So to what? All Arayas should be permitted. In other words, both say, all of the Arayas are grouped together. And we know Eshesach is permitted in Yibum. So why don't we just say, just like Eshesach is permitted in Yibum, so too every other Ereva is permitted in Yibum. And I will say, I do want to point out, when we speak about every other Ereva, you of course know the Gemara never actually means to go ahead and prohibit. In other words, every other Ereva never includes every Ereva. Because remember again, we're going to see Yibum also only takes place in what? In a permitted marriage. So if my brother marries my mother, right, and then dies, actually that wouldn't work because we'd have children, right? right? So, we'll say, so again, if my brother marries, well, we'll see other examples of this, but Yibum is only going to work in a marriage that was a legal marriage, a legal marriage. So when we say all ervas, all our eyes, it, we don't literally mean all. We just mean many more than just Eshazach. So we'll say, this is a good kasha. So the Gemara says, the Torah links all of the Arayas together. So all the Arayas are compared to Eshesach. So why don't we say, just like Eshesach is permitted in Yibum, so so too all Arayas are permitted in Yibum. To which the Gemara says, Kasav Rachmana Aleha. Oh, what's it? This is so nice. This is beautiful. So therefore, again, what does the Torah say? Aleha. Let's remember again, where is Aleha written? Where is it written? Eshesach. Excuse me. Achos Ishto. Right? Remember, Aleha is in the Pasuk of my wife's sister. 
And it also appears in the section of Yibom. That's the Gzeru Shava between Allah Aisha, right? Achos Ishto and Yibom to tell me that I can't do Yibom with my wife's sister. That ultimately, again, if my, my brother and I are both married, right? Two brothers married to two sisters, you can't do Yibom in a situation like that. So if I will say, that's, you know, just, that's the need for Allah. So again, I will say, where we're holding right now, the world is absolutely perfect, right? We're holding right now is, it's a very simple Cheshman. Right? All of Raya's are, are, are put together, right? All of Raya's are grouped together. And therefore, ultimately, again, yet Aishas Ach is extracted from that group to tell me that Yibum is permitted. I would have thought, just like Aishas Ach has permitted in Yibum, therefore what? All other Raya's are permitted in Yibum. I comes the Drasha, comes the Drasha of Aleha by Achos Ishto, and the Drasha teaches me Achos Ishto is not permitted in Yibum. And what do I learn from that? Just like Achos Ishto is not permitted in Yibum, so to what? Every other erva is not permitted in Yibum as well. So it turns out that the only erva permitted in Yibum is the one that the Torah explicitly says, namely, my brother's wife with no other layers of Isser upon her. Incredible. Let's analyze this a little bit. Michti, I'm sorry, Michti. Kalarayos. So I say this is great. So now what you're telling me, I will say in the in the in the wide world of Arias, right? I have two cases. I have Aishas Ach and Achos Ishto. Aishas Ach permitted in Yibum. My Aishas Ach is Yibum. Achos Ishto prohibited in Yibum. So what we're suggesting now is that Lamaisa we should compare all Arias to what to what. Achos Ishto, the case of my wife's sister. And to say, just like Achos Ishto, ultimately again is prohibited in Arias, so to all of the cases of Arias are going to be permitted as well. So the Imar says, I don't understand. Why? My Chos is the Akshis la Achos Isha, Akshinu la Eishazach. Well, say, why? In other words, I have all of Arias grouped together. But say, just, get, just listen to this for just a moment. I have all of Arias grouped together. And I have two cases pulled out of the grouping. What are the two cases? Let's go through this. What are the two cases? Right? Eshesach, my brother's wife, and Achos Ishto, my wife's sister. What's the lacha by Eshesach? Mutter, right? Mitzvah. What's the case by Achos Ishto? Aser. So now the Gemara says, therefore, with the step before us, we're going to compare all Arias, we're going to compare all Arias to the case of Achos Ishto, to teach you that all Arias are Aser and Yibum. Why? Why not go ahead and compare all cases to what? To what? Eishazach. And say all Arayas are mutter. To which the Gemara said, I will say, by the way, I think we all agree. I don't know that we've seen so far in this cycle of Dafyomi another Gemara as exhaustive as this one with the same drasha. Both say it's been the same Gemara since Gimel Amad Beis. And obviously new information coming in, but it's, the, it, it's amazing that we're, we're literally clearing the same Challenge since Gimel on the days. It's fascinating. So the Gemara says, Ibai Seima. So we'll say, so therefore, again, why compare all Arias? Why compare all Arias to the case of Achos Ishto? Why not compare them all to the case of Eshazach? To which the Gemara says, here we go. I'll tell you why. Ibai Seima, Lakula Ulechomra. It's very simple, we'll say. Because if we have a choice of comparing all other Arayos, ultimately, again, in the case of Kula or a case of Chumra, we're going to compare them Lechomra. <laughs> so if it's, a, if it's a question of comparing all other arayos to Eishas Ach and saying they're permitted, 
or comparing them to Achos Ishto and saying they're prohibited, what are we going to choose? What are we going to choose? I'm going to choose the Chumrah, right? Which, which makes absolute sense. The Chumrah, the Chumrah Makshina. Iba say the other possibility about say is there's a simple reason. Ema, Hacha Treisuri, Vahacha Treisuri. So you say, here's what's fascinating. In the case of Achos Ishto, just like in the case of all other Arayas, there are two prohibitions. In the case of Eishas Ach, there's one prohibition. What I'm going to say, play this out. In the case of Achos Ishto, how many prohibitions are upon, are upon your brother's widow? Achos Ishto, how many prohibitions? Two. Why? Why? Number one, right? Eishas Ach. Number two, Achos Ishto. We'll say, if you think about it, by the way, that's true with every single other Arayos, right? Every single other Erva has two prohibitions because every Erva in this Hebrew situation by definition will be an Eishasach and by definition will also have whatever other additional layer of Erva upon her. The only exception to this rule is Eishasach, right? Where she only has one Isser, which is Eishasach. Not, no, no, by the way, no trick questions by Yavamas, I promise you, right? It's, it's hard enough just to get pshat. This is not like uh, testing your analytical skills over here. Let's say, so again, so, which is very interesting, which is very interesting. Therefore, the Gemara says, Achos Ishto, right? Wife's sister has two prohibitions, Achos Ishto and Eshesach, and every other erva in the, in the, in the erva family also will have two prohibitions upon her in this situation. Her regular erva, whatever her regular erva status is, and Eshazach. The Gemara says, Vahacha, I'm sorry, Utre Mitreyafinon. Therefore, we'll say it makes sense to learn out a case of Tuisurim from a case of Tuisurim, which means it makes sense to learn out all other Arias, which have Tuisurim when it comes to Yibum, from Achos Ishto, which also has Tuisurim. Hacha, but in just the classic case of Eshazach, Chad Isura. She only has one Isur, the Isur of Eshazach. That's her only prohibition. Betray Michad Aliyafina. Therefore, it doesn't make sense to learn out all other Arayas, which have two Isurim from HS Ach, which only has one Isser. Fascinating. Fascinating. So, I will say, Rava says, Rava says, the truth is, the truth, I will say. So, I just want to point out, it, it, it's not clear that we've successfully darshaned the Havamina for the Aleha Drasha. So, we're pivoting a little bit over here. So, Rava says, in reality, Erva Lotrikakra, Deina Se Dochalosa Se Sheish Bokaris. Wow. Rava says, oh, by the way, we actually don't need a Pasek to teach us that Yibum, that Yibum does not allow for an Erva. <laughs> We've just spent a week on this, right? We actually don't need a Pasek to teach me, to teach me that, that ultimately you can't do Yibum with a woman who has an additional Erva layer, right? An additional Erva layer other than Eishasach. Why not? We'll say it's very simple. The whole sort of Yibum is based on the concept of Asei Dochelos Asei. The Asei of Yibum is Docha the Los Asei of the Isser Erva of Eishazach. We'll say, Asei is only Docha Los Asei when? When the, when the Los Asei, the love, is exactly that, just the love. But if there's an Isser Kares, we don't say Asei Docha Los Asei. So therefore, we'll say, it is obvious, says Rava, that of course you can't do Yibum with an Erva. How can you do Yibum with an Erva? Yibum, again, the mechanics are Asei Docha Los Asei. And I say, Docha Losase doesn't set aside the Losase when the Losase is punishable by Karis. Okay, that was easy. Says the Gemara, so ki kra, but when do I need the Pasik? Lemay start Sara. See, I will say, the novelty in all of this is not that you can't do Yibum with an Erva. That's pretty obvious. The novelty in all of this is 
that you can't even do yibum with the co-wife of an erva. Right? That's, that's the chiddush over here. Lameser, excuse me, lameser tzara. Ultimately, again, to prohibit the co-wife. Is that true? That you don't need a pasik to exclude an erva from, from yibum? But we learned, Ainli Elohi. We'll say, remember again, in the drasha of Aleha, back on Gimel Amad Beis, we darshaned that the lashon of the Gemara was that from that Pasak, I only know that she, who's the she in this case? Achosishto, my wife's sister, is prohibited in Yibum. Mishum, the Gemara says, so we'll say, so the point over here is that the Gemara was making the point that from that Pasak, we learn that Ashes, that Achos Ishtar herself is prohibited in Yibum. So, so we see that we do need a Pasak to teach us that even the Erva herself cannot perform Yibum. To which the Gemara says, no, 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 Mishun Sarasa. That's not what it meant. The Gemara meant that I only need the Pasak to teach me that the Tzara, that the co-wife of Achos Ishto is going to be prohibited in Yibum. The Achos Ishto, the woman herself, my wife's sister, that's obvious I can't do Yibum because we don't say, Asei doch elosa asei b'makom kares. I b'hakatani, ainli elahein, mishum tzaro sehen. I, but we learned, I'm sorry, b'hakatani, ainli elahein. I, but we learned before. The Pasuk seems to indicate that it's excluding the Arabs themselves. No, Mishum Tzara saying. It doesn't mean because of them, it means because of their co-wives. So we'll say, so let's analyze a bit more. So we'll say, so therefore, Rava's coming along and introducing a totally new stream of thought. And in Rava's model, I don't need a Pasuk to teach me that a woman who is an Arab is, is Asra and Yibum. Why? Because we'll say, any other Arab other than Aishas Ach is going to be punishable by Karis. And Talach Alamaisa, Asay is only Dochelos, Asay in a situation where there's not Karis. But once there's kares, ultimately we don't say asay dochalos asay. So why the psukim necessary? To exclude the co-wife of an erva from yibum as well. So here we go. So Mar says, Tashma, Rebbe Omer, V'lakach, U'lekacha, V'yavam, V'yibma, L'esar Tsaros, V'arayo. So we'll say, now listen to this. Look at Rashi for just a moment. Rashi says, V'lakcholo isha, V'yibma. So we'll say, so the Pasek, just so you understand, the Pasek is, the Pasek says, um, so we'll say what the Pasik is saying over here, the Yavam will go ahead and Yavalah come upon will take her as a wife, the Yibma, and will perform Yibam. Now both say what the Gemara is speaking up on is as follows. Ulikaha, he will take her, the Yibma will perform Yibam, a written longhand. A written longhand. If you look at Rashi, Ulikachalo Lisha Vibma, Habimatsana Maymar Bilokah Isha Viyabim. Could have just said he will take a woman, Viyabim, or the Yabama, and he'll do Yibum. Why Lakha the Yibma? They both say whenever the Torah writes a word in a longer form than it needed to, that is usually for what? Drasha purposes. So what's the drasha? Here we go. So the Gemara says, Rebbe Omer, Velakach, Velakach, could have said Velakach, but it said Velakach. Could have said Viyabeim, but it says Viyibmah. So what does that come to teach us? Lesser Tsaros Arayos. So I will say that comes to prohibit co-wives and the Arayas themselves. In other words, the Arayas, the Arabo women, and their co-wives. So I will say, you see from here, according to Rebbe, that you do need a Pasek to teach you an Erva, that Erva Zasar. No, no, no. What Rabbi meant to say is that these psukim or these extra words, these elongated words, come to teach me that the co-wives of an erva are aser. 
I but the pasuk is bringing down. The parts, but it's, it's two psukim, right? Or two words. So I will say, if it's only coming to exclude the tsaros of an erva, why do I need two words, two drushes to teach me that? To which the Gemara said, My love, chadla erva, chadla tsara. Isn't it that one is coming to teach me that the erva herself is prohibited from yibum, and the second one is coming to teach that the kawaif of an erva is prohibited from yibum? Lo, EDV Edilitsara. No, both are coming to teach me ultimately about the co-wives of an erva. So I'll say, watch this. So why do I need two two, two drushas for co-wives? This is fascinating. Chadla Mesar Tsara Bamako Mitzvah, the Chadla Mishri Tsara Shalobamako Mitzvah. I'll say this is fascinating. When is a co-wife Asr? I'll say when you say it, it sounds counterintuitive. When is a co-wife of an erva Asr? Only when? Bimako mitzvah. But Shalob Makom Mitzvah, she's prohibited. What's the we had this case? What does it mean by Makom Mitzvah? Makom Mitzvah? That's what we're dealing with. That's evil. Right? So, for example, Reuben and Shimon are married to, Reuben and Shimon are married to two sisters. Right? Sh- right? Shimon passes away. Shimon passes away. Shimon, right? So, Shimon's two wives, right? We'll call them Rachel and Leah, ultimately fall, fall to Reuben to Yibum. So, Rachel also happens to be Reuben's wife's sister. Ruben's wife's sister. So what's Talacha? All right, this one we know. What's Talacha? Can't do Yibum. What happens to Leah, the co-wife of Rachel? Can't do Yibum either. She is the Tzara of an Erba. So the Gemara suggests, when is the Tzara of an Erba prohibited? That's ultimately, again, B'makom Mitzvah, Yibum. I will say, Shalom B'makom Mitzvah, the Tzara of an Erba is permitted. Let me give you the example of that. Right? There's Ruben and Zvulun. Ruben and Zvulun are unrelated. Right? Zvulun married Ruvain's daughter. I mean, they're related in that, in that Zvulun is Ruvain's son-in-law, believing that it's not right. Ruvain marries, Ruvain marries, Ruvain, I'm sorry, Zvulun marries Ruvain's, Ruvain's daughter. We'll call them also Rachel and Leah. Rachel, Rachel is, Rachel is Ruvain's daughter. Right? Now, what happens? What happens? So, Zvulun, Zvulun divorces Leah. Divorces Leah. Is Ruvain permitted to marry Leah? Yes. Even though what? Even though technically speaking, Leah was the co-wife of an erva. She was the co-wife of Rachel, who was Ruvain's daughter. See, I will say, the co-wife of an erva only poses a problem in makom mitzvah, in a yibam situation. But in an unrelated situation, the fact that a man was married to two women, if he divorces one, or for that matter, he dies. He dies. The co-wife of an erva has no halachic stigma, we'll say to it, regard, re- regarding anyone. So therefore, again, in that case over here, where it's not a makom mitzvah, Zvulun divorces Rachel, or for that matter, again, Zvulun dies, Zvulun dies, and there's no yibum. If Ruvain wants to marry Leah, who was the co-wife of Ruvain's daughter, that's permitted. So therefore, the Gemara wants to suggest that Allah, the two drushas are coming to teach me, a tzara is only prohibited by makom mitzvah. But shalom b'makom mitzvah is totally permitted. Incredible. So my taima, what's the reason? It's only in the situation of yibum that the co-wife is prohibited. But in a non-yibum context, ultimately the co-wife is permitted. Amr Avashi, Avashi says, The Mishnah seems to support this as well, because the Mishnah says, Interestingly enough, so before we go on, I just want to point out, just to be clear on this, 
So the, the Gemara is saying over here, and this is Halacha Lamaisa, in fact, the concept of a Tsaras Erva is only a concept in a Yibum setting. In other words, the notion that an Erva will ultimately exempt her co-wife is a, is a Din in Yibum. There is no other halachic stigma to being the co-wife of an erva in any other marital situation. So again, that's why I, I just want to be much to be clear on this case. So again, you have Reuven and Zvulun, and they're totally unrelated. They're totally unrelated. Or we could just, or we could just keep it simple. I'm, I know I'm mixing cases. Reuven and Zvulun, just to keep it simple. Reuven and Zvulun marry two sisters, right? Marry two sisters. Zvulun happens to have an additional wife. Right, who's unrelated to the other two women. So now what happens? So now technically speaking, right, Rachel and Leah, Zvulun's two wives. So Leah is the co-wife of an erva, because Rachel also happens to be Ruvain's, Shimon's, I'm sorry, <laughs> Ruvain's wife's sister. Ruvain's wife's sister. So I will say, should something happen to Zvulun, right? Zvulun divorces Leah. There's no problem for Ruvain to marry Leah, even though, again, Leah was the co-wife of Ruvain's, of Ruvain's sister-in-law. So again, the point over here is there's just there's no Tsaras Erva situation in a non-Yibum setting. In a non-Yibum setting, good. So the Gemara says, Amar Rav Ashi, Nami Deka. We have a Mishnah that supports this as well. Diktani, Chamesh Nashim, Potros Tsarosehen. The Pasik says, say, now this Diak in the Mishnah, we're jumping back for just a moment. How do we get into this? Say, by the way, do you want me to show it to you on the chart or does it doesn't make sense? Yeah? Okay. So I'll say, oh, again, I'm, I'm probably complicating you with the cases. It's just a simple idea. The notion of Tsaras Erva, the Koif of an Erva, is only a problem in a Yibum setting. Any other situation where a woman is the co wife of an Erva, doesn't render her ineligible to the man who is not permitted to marry the erva, simply said. So I will say, so now remember, all of this is part of a bigger conversation, rava, right? We're all about rava. And what did rava say? In general, uh, an erva does not need a pasuk, right? The idea that you can't do yibam with an erva is obvious. Why is it obvious? Because we don't say, asay doch say in the situation of what? Situation of what? Where the low sase is controlled by kares. So the Mishnah supports this. Masnisa namidega diktani chamesha srinashim potros sarosehen. The Pasik says 15, going back to our Mishnah, 15 women exempt their co wives from Yibum. Vilu potro, vilu potros who potros logatani. Let's say the Mishnah doesn't say that 15 women are exempt from Yibum and also exempt their co wives. Why doesn't the Mishnah say 15 women are exempt from Yibum? Because halach alamaisi, you don't have to say it, because it's obvious. These 15 women who are all Arayas, of course they're exempt from Yibum. Because Yibum works on the platform of Asei Dochelo Sasei. And Asei Dochelo Sasei only works when there's not a Yisrkaris. So of course these 15 women are exempt from Yibum themselves. The Chiddush is that they even exempt their co-wives. So the Gemara says, Shmamina. So indeed, see from here, see from here that Rav is correct. So why is it that an Erva herself doesn't need a Pasek to exempt her from Yibum? Because ultimately, again, an Asei is not Dochelo Sasei when the Lo Sasei is special by Kares. So we'll say, now listen to this. Remember, we'll say, where do we learn the concept of Tsara from, co-wives? Because the Torah uses the Lashon of Litzrar. Now, both say, bipashtos, litzor means the co-wife is bound to what we'll call the primary wife, right? The co-wife is bound to the erva wife. Well, if the co-wife is bound to the erva wife, then I will say, whatever is true for the goose is true for the gander, right? Whatever is true for the erva 
is automatically true for the tzara, for the co-wife. If that's the case, then the same way I don't need a pasik to exempt an erva from yibum, I also shouldn't need a pasik to do what? Exempt the tzara of a yib, of, of an erva, sorry, exempt the tzara, the co-wife of an erva as well. Both say, Rashi points out, over here, Rashi, tzara nam eloti boi, alea kra, l'joshua de'ena se de'ochelosa se sheish bakaris, diksiv litzrar, dimashma lo'achos ishtavalot sarasa. Both remember again, the litzrar tells me Whatever is, whatever is the status of the erva is the status of her co-wife. So therefore, I shouldn't need a pasik for co-wife either. I'm sorry. You're right. The truth is, a tzara really doesn't need a pasik as well. Because once you're telling me that Allah the erva doesn't need a pasik, the tzara, who is bound to the erva, ultimately doesn't need a pasik either. So where's the pasik? You're right, says the Gemara. The truth is, where is the pasik really needed? They both say the pasik is needed not to asser. The pasik is needed to permit. To permit what? Saras erva shalom b'makom mitzvah. They both say that the co-wife of an erva is permitted in a non-mitzvah context. Again, they both say two men unrelated to each other. One of Shimon's wives is an Ereba to Reuven, but the men are unrelated, right? Shimon divorces his wives for argument's sake. Reuven is permitted to marry the woman who is not an Ereba to him. He's permitted to do that, right? Why? Why? Because Halakha the issue of Tsaras Ereba, only poses a problem in a Yibam context. That's when the Ereba endows her status to the co-wife. But in a non-mitzvah setting, being the co-wife of an erva has absolutely no halachic impact on the permitted woman. Incredible. So my time, what's the reason? Because of us, we do the aleha, says aleha, by achos ishtu, says aleha, ultimately again, by yibom. It's only b'makom aleha, it's only in the case of yibom, b'makom mitzvah, that being the co-wife of an erva, has, right, endows the tzara with the erva status. But Shlomo Mako Mitzvah, being the co-wife of an erva, has no halachic implication. Well, maybe, okay, so I'll say based on this, the Gemara floats a wild suggestion. Maybe an erva herself, Shlomo Mako Mitzvah, should also be permitted. There is maybe an erva is only prohibited in a yibum context, but in a non-Yibam context, perhaps, again, the Erva should be permitted, which also has a pretty wild assertion. But love Kabbalah Homer, the Gemara says, come on, come on, come on. Right? That's a Kabbalah Homer. That's a Kabbalah Homer. So the Gemara says, B'makom mitzvah asira, shalom makom mitzvah sharia. The Bible says, if an Erva is asir, when? B'makom mitzvah. If even B'makom mitzvah, an Erva is going to be asir, then doesn't it go without saying that shalom b'makom mitzvah, an Erva is going to be asir? To which the Gemara says, No, because in fact, we just learned just the opposite. Look at the case of the co-wife. Remember again, no, we just learned the opposite. Right, the tzara, the co-wife. Co-wife is only prohibited when? When? In a situation of yibam. Being the co-wife of an erva has absolutely no impact upon you. To which the Gemara says, 
So I'll say, so that's where the Pasuk says that when is a wife's sister prohibited? Bechayeha. As long as the wife is still alive. So I'll say, which tells you that the Isser Erva is always in existence. Right? The Isser Erva is always in existence. Even Shalom B'makom Mitzvah. And Achos Ishto is the example of this. We'll say, when is my wife's sister prohibited to me? When is she prohibited to me? Now, again, it does have a shelf life. In other words, wife's sister is only prohibited as long as the wife is alive, right? Once the wife passes away, there's no longer a prohibition of Achos Ishto. But Lamaisa, what I see from here, as long as my wife is alive, her sister is prohibited, which tells you that the Isra applies the Makom Mitzvah and Shalom B'makom Mitzvah. So you must, one second. Hi, Bechayah, why you can't use that? You can't use that Bechayah, because Bechayah comes to teach me something different. What does it come to teach me? So, hi, Bechayah, mi boile, le meute la acher misa. One second, I'm outside. The Bechayah, by Achos Ishto, by my sister's wife, comes to teach me a different halacha, which is the prohibition of Achos Ishto only applies when? When my, when my wife is alive. But the moment the wife passes away, her sister becomes permitted. To which the Gemara says, "Hahi isha al nafka." No, no, no. We learn that out from the pasuk of where it says, "And to a woman and her sister, lo sikach isha al lo sikach." You cannot go ahead and take them. Lo sikach So the Gemara says, "What that means is the prohibition of achos ishto is only when, when you want to take your wife's sister in addition to who? In addition to who? In addition to your wife, meaning your wife is still there." If I'm married to my wife and then I divorce my wife, based on that, it should be permitted to what? Marry her sister. Therefore, the Pasuk says, no, the prohibition of Achos Ishto, is actually interesting, the prohibition of Achos Ishto applies as long as my wife is alive, even if what? Even if what? We're not married. Right? As long as my wife is alive, even if we're not married, the prohibition of Achos Ishto still applies. There are two psukim. Two psukim. What's the two psukim? The Pasuk says, a woman, to write, you cannot go ahead and take a woman and her sister. And the Pasuk says, to uncover her nakedness. So we'll say, so, now this is the same Pasuk, by the way. The Pasuk reads, So the Pasuk says, You shall not marry a woman and her sister, to take them in marriage, to make them co-wives. And then the end of the Pasuk says, To uncover her nakedness. So why do you need those two phrases? To which the Gemara says, uh, I'm sorry. Here's what's interesting. interesting number one, why do you need two? Number two, number two, the first part of the phrase, Litzrar is plural. You can't take them as co-wives. To uncover her nakedness is singular. So what's, who is the Pasuk talking about? Okay, so here we go. B'makom mitzvah, shtehen asuros. But say ultimately again, b'makom mitzvah, both of them will be aser. Both of them will be aser. But say ultimately again, meaning what? B'makom mitzvah being yibam, both will be aser. Shalom b'makom mitzvah. But I will say when it's not b'makom mitzvah, hi asura, 
Again, I will say, ultimately, she will be prohibited. Namely, again, my wife, she will be prohibited. But her co-wife will be permitted. I I could switch that around and I could say, I could say, why don't I say like this? Maybe ultimately what? I could say that my wife's sister will be prohibited, but her co-wife will be permitted. Maybe they're both Asr. If that's the case, the Pasuk says, don't do the drasha, don't go and say the word, Aleha. Okay? That Allah is coming to teach me an Isser. Maybe he's coming to teach me a hat. That's what it means to say. The Pasuk says, do not take a woman and her and her sister, Litzrar. Lohi velot sarasa. So we'll say, ultimately, again, neither he nor her co-wife. Shalom b'makom aleha. Ava b'makom aleha. So we'll say, when is, when is, achos ishto aser? Perhaps, again, in a situation of yibum, and that issue devolves upon the wife's sister and her co-wife. Ava b'makom aleha. In the case of that, we'll say, aleha means yibum, shtehen mutaros. Maybe both the sister-in-law and her wife are, and sorry, and her wife, and her co-wife are going to be mutter. If that's the case, Rabbi says, then when is the case where one of them would be prohibited? If it's mitzvah, both of them are mutter, like we just said. And if it's not a then ultimately, again, both of them will be asr. Remember, let, let's just frame this in the right way. All of this, this entire, this entire Gemara, what this will stop over here for today, but all of this was based on the sheet of Rava. What, what did Rava want to suggest? Rava wanted to say that Erva doesn't need a Pasuk, right? So in other words, to ex- or say differently, to exclude an Erva from Yibo doesn't require a Pasuk. Why doesn't an Erva require an exclusionary verse? Why not? Why not? Because Yibo is based on what halachic premise? What halachic premise? Asya sevet say, And an say is only dochelosa say when? When we'll call it a love. But if it's an israkares, if it's israkares, Ultimately, again, I say it's not dochelosa, say. Therefore, again, says Rava, any case of erva doesn't really require a pasuk. Aye, so why do the psukim come? Why do the psukim come? Ultimately, to exclude who? Saras erva. To exclude saras erva. And I both say, quite possibly, if we further that trash a little bit more, to exclude the idea that saras erva is only going to be prohibited when? When? In makom mitzvah, in the Yibam context. But Shalom b'makom mitzvah, Saras Erva, the Khoif of an Erva, ultimately again will be permitted. So we'll stop over here for today. We're going to continue with the Sugi Mirza Hashem tomorrow. Shkoyach.